welcome back to another episode of the Thoughtful Christianity Podcast. This is a very special episode because it's your boys Jay and Josh here live in the flesh. In the flesh. And because we like you guys so much, we have Alex Kinney on the line with us. My dudes, my dudes, what's up? The man behind the curtain. (laughs) The one who keeps us from being bad. I have stepped out of the curtain for once. (laughs) That's right. He's out. He's basically quality assurance because we produce a hunk of junk and then Alex polishes it up into a diamond. Yeah, (laughs) more or less. Yeah, I try, I try. Well, you do a good job. I try to make you guys sound extra tasty. Thanks, man. You already sound tasty. He's the one responsible for all of the tasty Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) quotes. Or Uh, that, the cursing bleep. (laughs) (laughs) All the good parts. Oh yeah, there's been some good moments. Yeah, all the things that just come out of nowhere and make you laugh, that's Alex. Yeah, I try to make my voice known, you know, through my editing and stuff with you guys, but there's nothing like the raw voice right here, being with you guys. Like, this is a blessing. We get to see you. It's honestly, it's it's probably creating in me a a new dream that will never die of us all living together in one house. Mm. A commune. A commune. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, you are leaning that way. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but you really want to talk about monasticism earlier. Oh, okay. yeah. Anyways, just saying. We wanted to make sure that <laughs> you all had a very good idea who Alex was. So we decided to alter our normal structure. And Josh and I were both going to ask Alex these kind of off the wall weird questions. Weird questions. So Josh, do you mm-hmm. want to go first? No, let me go second. Okay. Here's my question for Alex. Alex, if you had to describe yourself as a fruit, what <laughs> fruit would it be? <laughs> oh, great question. I love this question. I'm gonna go with a peach because I think I'm a peachy guy. Oh, that's good. Tennessee's considered the South, right? Like you're kind of like from the South. Like there's some like cultural yeah. elements in there. Mm. Yes. Cultural exegesis to do. I'm sure there's some cultural implications somewhere Mm. around that. Oh, yeah. A soft outside flesh with a hard interior. Well, hold on, Jake. A pit in the middle. How would you answer that? You asked it. Yeah. Don't turn this back on me. (laughs) I always do. How would I answer that? Oh, gosh. What's like, there's like fruits that I like, but I don't know if they describe me well. I feel like apple is plain Jane. Apples don't have to be plain Jane. They're like, there's so many of they're them. Like, they're like, they're very typical fruit. Mm. Mm. I'm the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I, I should have known you had ulterior motives for asking that question. All right. Oh, snap. Thank you for your question, Jay. I appreciate that. All right. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. What person or character from Star Wars would you be, if any? Oh, man. Tricky question. Like, what kind of hierarchy do I go here? Do I go Jedi? Do I go uh, maybe even Sith? Really? Or do I go like a droid? This is everything that's going through my mind right now. I love that. <laughs> hmm. Give us a peek walk, behind the curtain. Yeah, walk us through. What, what are you thinking about? Okay. Anybody. Let's go with C-3PO. Really? Why? Hmm. I hope I have the right reasons for this. I don't know. I can uh, pull out anything at any time. Smart guy. Some, you know, some like an inherent, like maybe some caution, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, guys, like let's not, let's not do anything crazy. Wisdom. Here. Yeah. The N- voice of reason. Non-combatant. Peaceful. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, you get your arm cut off like four times throughout the series. You get like your head cut <laughs> on your body. Wrong. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> not to my knowledge, but if it did happen to me and I came back, I wouldn't probably remember it. So that's true. Yeah. Fair enough. Wow. So hopefully maybe the the people listening might have a taste of who Alex is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. A little morsel maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, again, I think we're just having fun because 
Guess what? What? This is our pirate ship. This is our pirate ship. That's right. This is our pirate ship. We do what we want. This is your pirate ship. No, this is ours. No, I would consider you on board there, pal, too. Yeah, Jay said that you were like a... He wasn't a cabin boy. I think... What did you say? Um, Oh, he's like... He's like the one, like... You're probably like steering the rudder, right? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean like the captain? So I'm uh, the captain uh, of the ship. No, 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 no. We're the captain. You're the rudder person. You're the captains. Well, you keep, you keep the engine. Like you keep the you, keep it you, moving smoothly. Yeah. You do all the in, like you do the engineering, right? Like yeah, you make sure mm. we have propulsion that we're, we're able to steer and go, and the ship performs like it needs to perform. I think. Mm, Listen true, to him. True. He does shipyard stuff. I work on a ship sometimes. <laughs> work is a like work. I'm not going to define what that actually means yeah. because I, it might not classify as work for some, but anyway, yeah. I try to keep your guys' podcast as condensed as possible, not too much dead space. And so the way I do that is I just cut out everything I don't agree with. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I wish you would. So, I wish you would. <laughs> I don't think there has been a single thing I didn't agree with. So wow. I think we're on good terms. You there. hear that? We're right. Yeah. So let's see if we can find some points of disagreement. Then. <laughs> yes. All right. So Before I feel we- like, we're not going to find anything too crazy in this one. I mean, we could we could find something, but I don't think it'd be easy to justify. We'd have to dig. We would have to dig. Because what are we talking about, Josh? We are talking about God the Father. Mm. We're going through the Baptist Faith and Message. If you didn't know, this is our third podcast episode in the series. We are going to do God the Father, which is Article 2, Section A, with the paragraph for article two, but Jay, as we do, we talk too much. Sorry, I talk too much. Mm. Uh, and you didn't interrupt me enough. So we My ran out of time. And so we, instead of trying to combine the father and the son, which <laughs> sounds like an ancient heresy, mm. <laughs> trying to combine the father and the son, we're going to just cover God the Father and just spend some time thinking about what it means not only for God to be our father, a very general statement, but for a person of the Trinity to be God the Father. So I guess you know how this normally goes. We will start by the reading of the actual words here, and then we'll we'll read all of it, and then we'll go sentence by sentence. So God the Father says, God as Father reigns providential care over his universe, his creatures, and the flow of the stream of human history According to the purposes of his grace, he is all powerful, all knowing, all loving, and all wise. God is Father in truth to those who become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. He is fatherly in his attitude toward all men. Good word. <laughs> Good word, brother. So let's just start off by taking sentence one. You know, why delay any further? God as Father reigns with providential care over his universe his creatures, and the flow of the stream of human history according to the purposes of his grace. That last phrase is maybe a lot to unpack with the rest, so we'll just stop at God as Father reigns with providential care over his universe and his creatures. Any insights, Jay? Any any diamonds? I think this is how most people think of God, right? As like the big man upstairs, right? Yeah. Like he's he created everything and he's kind of in charge. Um, I think... This is probably where even some other like monotheistic religions might like kind of agree with us in some yeah. degree, right? Where it's like, oh, like, yeah, like, you know, yeah, there's a God out there and he's like, again, like this big guy that created things. And it's, I mean, I guess I just agree with you that, that this is a largely, this is very well accepted, you know, 
in Christian circles is like God is father in his creation mm-hmm. of the world. You know, what's funny though, is that the Bible almost never in the, especially in the old Testament, never refers to almost never refers to him as father and relates that to being the creator of the universe. Hmm. It doesn't make that tie often. There's a verse that I'm thinking of that does make that tie. And that's like Deuteronomy 32, six, which I will pull up because on this podcast, we read our verses. You guys deserve to hear it. Not from our own authority. Yeah, because we're dumb. Is this how you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father and creator? Didn't he make you and sustain you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of past generations. Ask your fathers and he will tell you, your elders, and they will teach you. When their most high gave the nations their inheritance and divided the human race. He set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the people of Israel, but the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, and his own inheritance. So right there, it does actually tie father to creator. But I want you to notice, did you notice that it immediately switches over to father as the elector of his people? Mm. It only it only dances with creation, but it really is emphasizing that this father took for himself a son. Huh. That is yes. a, that, that's a key piece there. And of course, <laughs> at the same time, we have the wood chipper beginning operations outside the house because of course (laughs) you might not hear it because alex edits it or maybe you will because it's so loud but sound effects all day yes (laughs) we'll just add it in it just proves that we are we're people this is a real life this is incarnational ministry we're we're here this is raw hashtag authentic yes because it's super relatable because there's heavy machinery outside of everyone's house but god the father the (laughs) father the other word i wanted to kind of maybe hone in on there was the end of providential care yeah. that he is not detached. It's in the word like providential, like he is providing care. We oftentimes think of the world as this big complex place where circumstances come about randomly, right? Or oh, I was I was so lucky that I got this job, or yeah. I just happened to bump into this person and meet them, and then whatever, right? Like, but. We understand that he is providing all his opportunities, right? Like he cares for us in a, in a fatherly attitude, right? Whereas yeah. he gives us these these gifts, right? Yeah. It. I was actually going to make you define providence, but you did. Okay. Uh, so that's good. Check. <laughs> you got us. But God, the father exerts providential care. So like he is providing, this is like, this is his sovereign fatherliness right Mm -hmm. so last week we talked about did we talk about frankenstein and like creature creator and we asked like hey maybe it's more important to say what is a creature owed to its creator at this point the reason i felt like it's important to ask that question is because god does absolutely and always do what he owes to his creatures Uh, and it's not even oh it's just like he created us and he has decided to love us and to lavish us with providential care. You know, there's verses that say like he, he allows the rain upon the just and the unjust. Mm. Wicked people eat from the food that the father gives them, just like those who are believers in Christ. He is providing for the sparrows and the he knows the hairs on the heads of everyone, yep. not just the ones that are his sons by faith. The father cares for his people. And for his universe, we might add. 
Mm. So, I mean, he's keeping asteroids from blowing up the Earth. He's, yeah. He's, That's not random. No, he's maintaining Venus's temperatures and atmosphere. He's making the stars stay in the sky. Yeah. Uh, you know, like all of these things are like, – that's so massive, right? Isn't it crazy that the god who is literally keeping – just to, like keeping Pluto in line – yeah, he keeps the, all the orbits, yes. right? Is also like giving food to sparrows, like one of the tiny birds of yeah. this world. Like a specific sparrow in Franklin, Tennessee <laughs> is flying outside of Alex's window and God fed it this morning. And he also kept stars from collapsing. Like that, that's insane. That's hard to realize yeah. or picture. But that's his providential care over the universe. You get a word on that, Alex? Give us a word, brother. I will say, I do enjoy looking up at the stars, like whenever it's a clear night. Just love it and, you know, wondering. I always think whenever I do it, it's like, this is so incredible that we all take it for granted in a way still how awesome God is in a way and how massive the universe is. And no matter how much we appreciate it, I still think, you know, over time, we're taking it for granted just how amazing it is. Yeah, Familiarity breeds apathy. That's one of my favorite phrases. And mm. I coined it. Oh, yeah. Ha ha. Oh, wow. Got well, him. <laughs> there's what? There's familiarity breed, breeds contempt. Is I know. That actual <laughs> common phrase. I know. And I stole it and tweaked it a little bit and called it my own. Mm. What a blessing. But I mean, it's true. In the Christian life, familiarity does breed apathy. Because I don't think, like, I never am like, man, I know that God created the universe. And now I hate it. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I know God created the universe. I just am apathetic to that. But is apathy a form of contempt if you are, if you owe him? That's true. That is true. Yeah, mm. that's that's a good thing to think about. That's maybe a, a, a takeaway. Put it in a doggy bag for everyone listening. Yeah. Is, does your apathy at how big and providential and caring God is, is that a form of contempt towards him? Mm. Is it okay to be apathetic? Is it not an insult towards him to be apathetic? Mm. Good word, Jay. Good word, brother. Wow. Let's keep rolling because this is the second half of that first sentence where it says, and the flow of the stream of human history according to the purposes of his grace. And the funny thing is, it really seems to me that the uh, writers of this document were really trying to avoid controversy, specifically with God the Father. I mentioned this to you, like, that it doesn't really talk about election, which is a big deal for the role of the father. It doesn't really talk about like, it doesn't do too much towards sovereignty. And then they put this in, which mm. like, this is a decently, this shouldn't be, I don't think, but it, it is a decently controversial take. Is God providentially cares for the flow of the stream of human history according to the purposes of his grace. So what does that mean? that he has he yeah he reigns over history right so like he he determines it right like he shapes it and molds it according to the purposes of his grace and so we understand that to be an argument for his sovereignty yeah he is aware of what's going to happen and he planned it out just so according to again like what he is going to accomplish yeah. in history. And I mean, we've laid this argument out like three times in different episodes more. or more and laid out the scriptures. I like 
I don't think we need to at this point lay it out again, but the Bible teaches that God is sovereign. The Bible teaches that God's in control. You might be able to argue many different views of how his sovereignty interacts with human freedom, but I don't think you have the ability when it comes to reading the word to say he's not sovereign. Uh, The word is so clear, crystal clear on that. It's not that he's almighty and he can exert, but he chooses not to. The Bible says that he is. He is moving all things towards its end. That's the teleological argument, right? Ooh, there's a big word. (laughs) It's just the argument of things seem to be trending towards God's designed end. Mm. They have a purpose. So God is, in fact, sovereign. But it also says according to the purposes of his grace. So what is the grace that he is purposing things for? His big grace, right? (laughs) The big grace is... I mean, again, like we think about his grace in terms of salvation, right? Yeah. And so like his, his like second coming, right? Where he, where he will be, oh gosh, I don't want to step on too many toes here. <laughs> um, Shouldn't have said second coming then. Oh, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> but you know, like, again, like the, the, the fulfillment of his promises to yeah. his people, right? <laughs> um, He's, and he's going to come, come, come again, right? And yeah. usher in. New heavens and new earth. I wasn't going to bail you out. I just want you to You're suffer. You're watching me squirm. <laughs> yes. Wow. What a blessing. Um, um, <laughs> well, even in his first coming is... Yeah. So now I'm realizing that I might step on toes. In my understanding of the scriptures, the first coming is far more important than the second. The first coming is the climax of all history, not the second. The first coming, I love the way that some theologians say it, is there's nothing in the second coming that didn't arrive in the first coming. Mm. All of it's already there. Nothing new comes in the second coming. It gets finished. It gets consummated. But there's nothing new. It was all or, it was all achieved and accomplished in the first. And so, like, I, I agree with you. All things are moving towards God's salvation of his people to eternally live with him forever in glory. And... That's how you avoid the controversy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's keep rolling. Is my turn to read? Uh, it's mine. No. Yeah, it's mine. It's mine. Okay. Give it to me. He is all powerful, all knowing, all loving, and all wise. So, okay. So I have a question. It's open to the floor. Okay. Why do you think that this was included under God the Father? Because wouldn't all of these equally apply to all of them? And I'm not saying that it's wrong to include it under God the Father. I'm just wondering, do you think that there's a reason why they did specifically write this about God the Father? That's the thing with confessions, right? You don't just ask, is this true? Which you should obviously ask that. But you also should like try and ask, like, all right, these are people who are writing this to summarize truth. Why did they do it in the way they did it? It's like, I don't know. I just... I don't find this sentence to be important or, or significantly the father. Yeah. I mean, it might be there to undergird the statement they just made. Oh, that's right? true. Where it's like he reigned providential care over his universe, his creatures, and the flow of stream of, of the stream of human history according to the purpose of yeah. his grace. This might be kind of like their way of like backing that up that's and being true. like, hey, like this is why we why this is why we say this, because 
we also believe this. Yeah. Because like you said, some people might prickle at some of this. Yeah, and I think that's a great answer. And that's why, again, you should ask yourself not just is this true, but why is this said the way it's said? It's like that's a great answer. Is So if someone reads this and is like, what? God's not that powerful. All powerful. Mm. God doesn't know the future. All knowing. Well, how? Do, what about the problem of evil? All loving. <laughs> well, how do I know that his purposes are, are going to be the right ones? All wise. Oh. I'd be so shocked if that wasn't the reason it was there. Because mm. my friend, Dr. Al Mohler, does not make... Josh and more boys. <laughs> yeah, we're best friends. Uh, he doesn't make random decisions. Everything is, is wisely decided. Is there anything else you want to say on that? Man, I, again, I feel like we hit on a lot of these topics mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, this is right up our like normal alley of, of Whenever what we, we talk, talk about. God, big picture. These are terms we throw around quite a bit. Yeah. Omnipotent, omniscient, omniloving, omniloving. I hate that we. It's not amorous or something. Ooh, that sounds weird. I, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like polyamorous. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of the root word for like love. Can we take a sidebar here and discuss mm. how annoying it is that it's omnipotent, omniscient, and then omnipresent? Does that bother anyone else, or is it just me? Omnipresent? Omnipresent. Omnipresent. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to say that from now on. No one's going to know what I mean, but omnipresent. All right, sidebar over. Let's get going. Uh, Next one, that's you. And this is probably where we will take some time. Is where we're going to diverge from Alex, what you're saying? We're going to dig for our disagreements? Um, Yes, (laughs) he has to cut stuff. (laughs) That's right. God is father and truth to those who become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about what it means for God the Father to be a father. Because note how they begin this paragraph. So again, I subscribe to the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, right? You I signed the statement. Sign the statement. I believe it. I, I think all of it I can affirm. I, I believe this. That doesn't mean, and this goes for all Southern Baptists, that doesn't mean you have to agree with the way they word everything. There's better and worse wording, like the attributes discussion from last podcast is, well, attribute doesn't really seem like the best word to use there, but they used it, and I understand what they mean. Same thing, God as Father. Do they say that for the Son? Do they say God as Son? No. Do they say that for the Spirit? God as Spirit? No. They say God as Father, as if this is a role for the entirety of the Trinity. I don't think that's the most helpful. I'm not saying that they meant that. They don't. Like, I believe that that they hold to an Orthodox Trinity, but I don't think as is the most helpful word there because of how we do, we read the next two sentences is this isn't God, the Trinity as our father. This is God, the father being our father through the son. Jay, I see you flipping. Where are we flipping? Oh, well, I... Where are we dropping, fam? This is John 1... Oh, 12. Um, 12, yep. right? Where it talks about specifically uh, the idea of becoming children of God, right? So it says in John 1, 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? So yeah, it, it's, it's through belief, right? That we become children yeah. of God. And again, it's not of of like you know family lineage. It's not of the will of the flesh nor the will of man, right? But it's of 
God, right? So it's not like something you inherit because it, you're born to certain parents. Yeah. Again, those who receive him, who believe in his name, right? And it elaborates in the message, right? Through faith in Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Well, and that's, okay. Again, I, I don't want to be overly critical. Why in the world is this verse not listed? Can you believe that? To me, that is the God the Father verse. Oh, you're right. It's not in there. So the Baptist Faith and Message 2020, written by Jay and Josh, <laughs> is going to have John 1.12 in there. I can't think of a logical reason okay. why that would be either controversial or unclear so that they would leave it out and prefer better ones. Like, this is the verse. It says that God is our Father through Jesus Christ. It's a right, right? It's not a, oh, I would... We're all children of God. We're not all children of God. Because uh, it says that by blood, you're not children of God. By flesh, you're not children of God. By man, you're not children of God. By the will of God, you're children of God. Yeah, I I remember I had an instance once where I was talking to someone. I was talking about, like, you know, asking them about what they, about their faith. They're like, well, like, uh, I, I asked them one of the classic evangelism questions. Where it was <laughs> like, you know, if you were to go to heaven right now and, like, God were to look at you and be like, hey, like, why should I let you into my heaven? And the person was like, because we're all his children. And I was like, that ain't it, chief. But we're not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, unless, again, you you have trusted him, right? Yeah. Through, again, through through Christ. But again, that that idea that God is, he is fatherly. And this is the next sentence, right? I guess I'll go ahead and read it. We'll just work on both of them. He is fatherly in his attitude toward all men. That doesn't mean he is father. Father to all men, right? This is a, strictly a distinction that is given to those who are Christians, right? As yeah. you would say, right? those who have entered into that relationship with him. But it is not – it's not conferred upon you as a condition of being a human being that yeah. you are, quote, unquote, one of God's children. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people have that conception like of, oh, I'm a created being. He created me. Well, that means I'm a son. But that – that doesn't fly. That's where like the human father analogy kind of breaks down, yeah. right? Because like, yeah, the people that created me are my parents. And like, but again, this is an instance where um your outside logic is never gonna be as good as scripture citation. Yes. This is uh, you can tell that I have that 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 swirling, that's a wrath that's swirling inside <laughs> me at all times. Is like people like to logically feel out what they think reality is like, but it's never going to be as good as saying, here's the verse. Yeah. And this verse says that God is not father of all those he's created. Remember the uh, Deuteronomy passage. It does mention father and creator, but then it goes on to describe not the creation of them as people, but it describes the creation of them as a nation. And even Isaiah, Isaiah 64, eight uh, was another one that I had underlined. It's, by the way, in this one, besides the John one, which I'm still mad about, all of the ones that the verses that I used to study were from the Baptist Faith and Message. So on the website, they're just linked as the verses that they give us. But Isaiah 64, verse 8 says, Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter. And you might say, oh, that applies to all of creation. Actually, we use that to describe all of creation a lot. Mm. What's the context? We are all the works of your hands. Lord, do not be terribly angry or remember our iniquity forever. Please look, all of us are your people. Who's being referred to? Who's, who is he father of? His people. Mm. Israel. 
And so, I mean, we could go round and round. This is shadow boxing. There's no other opinion you can have according to the scriptures. Hopefully. I don't want to sound arrogant there. You might, but... Yeah. So maybe though, what do we... Like, what are they driving at when they say that he is fatherly in his attitude toward all men? Well, I think that we've already covered it exactly as it, they intended <laughs> is yeah. his providential care, right? He cares for the sparrow. He cares for the... For all people. The fact that you were created at all. Yeah. Uh, we call this a lot of times now, it, it's taken on a theological meaning that I don't intend, but common grace. Some people go way further and they're like, oh, common grace is everyone is regenerate. We're not meaning that. Common grace as in no crop grows, not a single crop grows without God actively growing it. The Bible teaches us that. Yeah. No cattle eats its fill without God giving it its food. No water flows unless God flows it. No two molecules of atoms, right? No two atoms like collide with each other. Yeah. Without God determining it, right? If you want to get really... <laughs> really specific. Uh, a mac- or a micro science. This is our father's world. Uh, I rest me in the thought. Ooh. I don't remember the rest of the words. You know what's funny? Uh, mm-hmm. This is another sidebar. Is... I always listen to a hymn and think, I should have quoted that in this podcast. Why didn't I think of it? And so here we go. (laughs) There's all I had was two two lines. Um, Hype it in there, Alex. (laughs) Yes. This is my... Please cut me singing. (laughs) Let's just sing it all together real quick. (laughs) Yeah, quick round. I think I've already proven that I don't know the words. (laughs) But yeah. Well, there's, there's more that I think we should say here. Specifically with how we become children of God. How did, how does the father adopt us? Because adoption is what we're talking about. There's an excellent chapter about this in knowing God. Oh, there is. I forget. That's so sad. Well, I mean, it's not sad. 92 years of ministry. 92 years of ministry. That's how long he was alive. I don't know. You know, well, ministry all the time. Yeah. Probably started like five. (laughs) I mean, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30. I hope he didn't start his military. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, knowing God has a great chapter on adoption. One thing I wanted to say is it's funny how you remember verses and then you realize that you're wrong. (laughs) It's like John 14, 6 is like, oh, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the The truth, truth and the life. life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. When I think of that verse, just generally, I'm not thinking like what the words are. I just think like, oh, he's the way of salvation. He's the truth to salvation. And he is eternal life. You read it. It's like, oh, no, he's the way to the father. No one comes to the father except for me. Jesus is saying the only way to be adopted as sons is through me. One way. (laughs) Jesus. Man, who sang that? Not me. Yeah. That was one of my favorite songs to lead worship with. It was One Way by Hillsong. How I Have Grown. That's a hill song? It is. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> Bleep that out. <laughs> I forgot about that one. It's been a while. Hey, man, it's a classic. But I, yes, I used to play almost exclusively hill song for you. Oh. I was warping you mm. from an lo- early age. Womp, womp. Um, But yeah, Jesus is the one way to enter in to sonship, to have God as a father. So maybe we should ask, so Jay, if, if God acts fatherly to all creation but we're saying that he's an actual father to believers what's the difference like what's the experiential difference what's the benefit there wow because you might say like okay if he's acting fatherly 
then he does the things that fathers do for all of creation. Mm -hmm. Then what does it mean for him to actually be a father? Sure. So the first thing I think about is being indwelt with the Holy Spirit, Hmm. right? Because that's like, oh gosh, that's like a weird way to answer your question. It really is. We're getting into like the Trinity. Um, That's what we're talking about. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, we understand that Christ is the means through which you become children Mm -hmm. and through God, the father and through the son, which isn't that disputed? Uh, No, it's the person. Oh, yes. I I didn't know what you were going to finish the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. But God indwells us through the Holy Spirit when we are Christians. Right. And so I think about things like another thing comes to my mind is discipline. Right. Like that when God, when you are not a Christian, you're not a true child of God, then God, his discipline is in the form of pure judgment. It's right? judgment and wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that is very, very scary. But yeah. when we understand that we've come into a saving relationship with Jesus through Jesus who mediates yeah. with the father, uh, he is now able to discipline us for our uh, edification. Yeah. Our, that's an obvious term. What is it? Sanctification. Sanctification. Okay. Jay, you just killed it. That was some Trinitarian <laughs> theology. Whew. I'm getting there. Um, oh, man. Athanasius over here. Everyone's a theologian. Everyone's a theologian. <laughs> Cite that verse, though. You did everything but give us the verse. Oh, uh, Hebrews something. Uh, Hebrews 12. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 12, man. No, that's great. Yeah, Hebrews 12. It's uh, he's, he's treating you as a son for fathers discipline sons. I don't think that that has to be corrective rebuke. It includes it. Absolutely. It includes mm. it. You can't say it doesn't. And I can say that. I mean, the, the words just mean that, but there's also instruction as part of it. So when we go back to scripture, like this is God disciplining us. Mm-hmm. Like he is teaching us the word. He's pointing out our, our flaws and he's, he's bringing us into good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an, that's an excellent answer. Let me hit it with my own little yeah. attack. Do I remember mine? Let's see the verse. Oh, yeah. Go to the Lord's Prayer. Ooh. Matthew, I believe, 6. 5, 6, 7. It's all in there. Yeah, it's Matthew 6. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Stand for the reading of God's word. All right. <laughs> Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven. I'm not going to even go further than that. Our Father in heaven. That's that's the point. Go one chapter over and you will see this in Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks her a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That, that is one of the benefits that I think is... We now have a father that we can petition. The non-Christian praying, I think we we sometimes give a lot more kindness to that than I, I, I think we should. And I, I hate to be the bad guy. Actually, like, you know me, I, I enjoy being the contrarian, but. So you're saying those prayers don't reach past the ceiling, huh? Well, I think they do. Like if you, if you're crying out for father to save you, mm. that's something. But like the non-Christian who prays and says like, Hey, I know we don't talk much and I don't actually believe in you, but 
would you heal my grandmother? Heal my grandmother. Uh, give me a safe trip. Kind of dark. Yeah, that's a little dark. I was gonna go with like, <laughs> give me, make me, give me good grades on this test. Yeah. Would, but yeah, it, like we have a genuine reason to say like, hey, I don't, I don't think that's gonna benefit you. Well, You're you, not a you, son you, of God. I don't know that you have, should have an expectation that yeah. right. Or what does it say in James? I'm trying to. Uh, one of my buddies just preached at my church. A good friend of mine. And uh, who was it? Uh, John, he was the, he's the youth pastor. Oh. He is preaching and he preached from James, I believe it's one. You yeah, it's one. Let me find it. Ah, one, six. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubters like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Ooh. So the person who's not a son of God who doesn't believe in him shouldn't expect to have a relationship where he can ask for good things. Uh, and expect to get them, I guess. And expect to get them, yeah. But we, as children of God, have this amazing thing where the God of the universe treats us as actual sons, yeah. like real sons. Yeah. That's amazing. And I guess maybe also to clarify, like just because you're a child of God doesn't mean that every time you ask God for a quote-unquote good thing, you're going to necessarily get it, right? Yeah. Like, we don't expect that as Christians we're going to have all our – material needs granted to it or yeah. like within well, reason and, and i suppose we see that in the earlier part is according to the purposes of his grace so if i'm praying like hey lord give me a girlfriend and it's really just lust that's motivating me he might discipline me by not giving me a girlfriend mm. why to purge me of my sins because not being lustful is much better than having a girlfriend Mm-hmm. right and maybe this is a weird example i just <laughs> pulled it out of nowhere i i'm <laughs> I not doing saying anything weird with that but like anything you know like when we're praying in sin the lord might not give it to us because he's going to rebuke yeah. us and discipline us or even if we're praying for good things yeah. he has a plan for our ultimate good yeah right we understand we have an inheritance right yeah. that is ours as children, right? I mean, that, that analogy holds up, right? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, something that we inherit as children that we are able to, again, we have an eternity with God promised to us, right? An, an inheritance of salvation. Yeah. It, it is a, something you can cling to. Yeah. And understand that it is, that becomes, that's something that's conferred to you upon salvation. And, and maybe even to go a little dark is in this verse that we're reading, Matthew 7, it says like, hey, what good father gives a snake when the son asks for a fish and when he's asking for food, what what father gives a poisonous thing? It is probably, it is, I think I believe this. It is, it is our mistake to view suffering as a snake when it actually might be the sustenance we need. There are verses to support it, but sometimes it might be even helpful to say like, this seems to be the universal Christian testimony, universal I don't think you can find a Christian who disagrees with this. Maybe you'll find a few. Suffering is the greatest moments of growth in the walk of Christ. It is. When you are in suffering, that is when you are growing. And not that you can't grow other ways, but like this is the Lord disciplining you as children that you might grow. Uh, Hebrews 12 goes on to say, lift your, strengthen your drooping hands and strengthen your like bent knees and all of that uh, yeah. just as like prepare like you are you're gonna i guess we're both flipping there brace yourself yeah uh endure suffering as discipline god is dealing with you as sons 
what a verse to come to. I actually wasn't even thinking of that one, but this. But you're talking about 12, 12, where it says, therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Yeah, and they're suffering and, and grow in the Lord. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes we, we would say, oh, I prayed for, I prayed for safe travels and I got a hurricane. Is that it? Yeah, come on. I prayed for a fish and you gave me a snake, but we we don't know God's plan. Suffering can and almost, like I said, almost universally does lead to growth in the children of God. It's it's one of his greatest tools that he uses for our sanctification is discipline. Man. Well, Jay, I got to say, I got to say, let me say, I'm going to say. I don't know if you've said that much this podcast. So. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Let me make my first contribution to the podcast. It is infinitely better being in the same room as you. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it is It is better as far as dynamics. And I guess I'm going to stop saying that. Mm. <laughs> Seeing Alex Kinney's face. What a blessing. While we're talking, just watching us. What a blessing. It's amazing. Oh, wow. The all This eye. is amazing. The awesome guy. Our guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out for us. <laughs> we're all in the same room virtually and what's the word? Physically, spiritually, no, spiritually, in spirit. I'm with you in spirit. Yeah. Though I may be absent in the flesh, I am Ooh. with you in spirit. Wow. Amen. 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 Downline Pauline. It is downright Pauline. 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 Ooh. Pauline's T- a girl's name. Tune in next week to see which one it is. <laughs> That's right. There's a cliffhanger for you guys. Vote now on your screens. Yeah. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> no. Here we were. Like, well, this is probably gonna be a shorter episode. 48 minutes later. Wow. <laughs> Alex will trim it down. Alex will, be, Alex will cut out all of the times when I speak, when either of us speak. It's just Alex, this podcast. Yeah. Everything I say and that's it. <laughs> Alex Done. is, yeah, he's going to use his voice to just say all the things that we say. It's going to be an <laughs> inter dialogue. <laughs> he just dubs over us. I record every word of the dictionary and then just piece together each of those words. Yeah. yeah. Like what you well, like, get like Siri to recite all of our words. <laughs> right. There you go. Wow. Well, this has been fun, guys. I'm glad to be back. It makes me excited for when I am here for good, which is coming soon. Yeah. Only a few more weeks. We won't make it through the Baptist faith and message by the time I'm home. Ooh. I think we're, we're, we'll be in the so, good stuff. It's only going to get better. Yeah, because God is not good stuff. <laughs> Josh Dar, take it to the bank. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I've made a mistake. That's a quote. But if you're if you're thinking this stuff is basic, which don't think that because it's God and it's if you understand God, you're wrong. Yeah. Y- if you think you understand God, it's, you're it's wrong. Not basic. But if you're looking for very specific things that are going to hit you, very very the applicable stuff, maybe. Yeah, though I think God, knowing God is very yes, applicable, but like the very the rubber meets dead. road. The kingdom. It's just some things to look forward to. The yeah. last things. We're not going to talk about that one. Mission. I'm not going to talk about last things. Education. But even like baptism and the Lord's Supper. Like if you're a Baptist and you don't know why, why you're, you're a Baptist, Baptist th- that's going to be the podcast for it. Strap in. Kingdom, missions, stewardship, how do you use your money, your time, all that. Education. Jay's going to just talk for 50 minutes by himself. I'm going to leave the room. Uh, you guys are going to be blessed by that one. <laughs> social order. Oh, uh, co- is, that like, is that like social justice? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cooperation, which is going to talk about, we're not a Southern Baptist aren't a denomination. We are a convention. And so cooperation is a really big deal for us. And so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be all fun. The family, peace and war. 
Are we gonna get into just war theory? Oh, religious liberty. So if you like or don't like, uh, what's his face, Russell Moore, then we're gonna talk about <laughs> ethics and religious liberties. Ethics and religious liberties. It's all gonna be fun, you know. So stick around. We look forward to keep doing these. Hopefully, Alex will drop by for more because it's great having you on. But I think that's it. So check in next week for another podcast on the Baptist faith and message. Peace.